Okay. Well, hopefully that was a, uh, a welcome little therapy session for all of us before we head into this week of Christmas and, and getting out all of the stress and the anxiety that sometimes comes with it. And it's, it's so fun that we sing, you know, songs like Joy to the World while we're racing through the mall. You know, you, see, you just see people like, Joy to the World, you know. And they're, they're not joyful at all, are they, you know. And, and, and it's so the opposite of, of what I believe God longs for Christmas to be. Um, and, and him as our Prince of Peace is what we're going to look at in a few moments. And I'm excited to dive into the scriptures and dive into the heart of God. But before we do that, one of the things that we do on a regular basis uh, here at Soul City, uh, it's just it's a part of our worship in many ways, is uh, we give back to God. And we say this on a regular basis. Um, you know, many of us, we don't have all that we want. You know, there's, there's probably lists and things that we hope somebody's going to give us for Christmas maybe even. Um, but I think every one of us, would be honest about saying the fact that we have way more than we need, don't we? And, uh, and so as we come together on Sundays, one of the things that we do as a practice is we give back to God. So as we dive into this, uh, in a moment the ushers are going to come forward and we'll sort of multitask and receive our offering as we dive into the message. But be, before we do that, I would love to start by praying. So will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you that no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what stress or anxiety, no matter what worry we have, you have never not been the Prince of Peace. And we invite you here today, knowing that you are already in our midst, but we intentionally say, come Lord Jesus. Let us experience your peace in a fresh and compelling way. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but um, one of the commercials that tends to come on television that I have a bit of an adverse reaction to, it's not just one, but uh, many car companies tend to have these kinds of commercials where they, they show you like a simulated accident. I don't, I'm not sure if you've seen these. But essentially, there's like a test dummy in the car, and they reveal to you what would happen if you were, in fact, in this car, if you were a person in the car. And the test dummy sort of like flops around the car. It's a fake body, and it's sort of like tossed about with this like interpretive dance kind of movement in the car. And, and the airbags go off, but they go off so soft and nice and billowy like a cloud. And, and usually it's done in, in slow motion, and there's like classical music going on in the background. And, and it's strange because I think the reason that they show these commercials is is they want to increase our sense of safety or they want to increase our confidence in the product, right? But I don't know about you. For me, every time I see those kinds of commercials, I literally think to myself, I'm not buying that car. Like, that does not look good. I, I don't want to be that test dummy flopping about in the car. I don't want that airbag going off inside of my face. And, and you know, the thing is, is that uh, car companies like this or, or other products, they tend to do these things, and these are actually called stress tests. They simulate stress tests to prove that their product will sort of perform under pressure. And, and it's not just products and companies that create these things, humans, we go through sort of our own little set 
of stress tests on a regular basis, don't we? And not all stress is bad. You know, some stress can, can cause us to grow and can cause us to change. But, but then there are the stress tests that reveal sort of what's really going on beneath the surface. And there's small ones and then there's big ones. Like, like some of the ones that happen, I, I think, on a regular basis, uh, and maybe this has never happened to you, but like misplacing your car keys, okay? I don't know if this has ever happened to anyone in this room, and I'm not saying that it's happened to me, um, but I don't know what it is when you misplace your car keys, you're just like, I don't, I don't know where they are. Where could they have been? You know, and it just, it starts to elevate this stress inside of you or forgetting where you've parked in a parking lot. I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but literally there have been a few times where I've parked in a parking lot. I've gone in to do my thing. I come back out and it's as if I think like the rapture happened and it only took my car. And I'm like, how could this be? Like, I'm still here and my car is gone. Was my car saved and I wasn't? Like, you know, it's like, it's confusing because you're marching down the aisles like, I know I parked here. I know I did, you know, and you just cannot find your car. Or getting stuck in traffic. Uh, I don't don't know if that's ever happened to a single person in Chicagoland. Uh, But getting stuck in traffic, you just start to get agitated, don't you? And you may have started your day with perfect peace and patience and, and all of a sudden you find yourself sitting in traffic and, and like just everything that bugs you about everything in the world is coming to your head, you know? Like, and, and you're just, you're angry and you, it's like the Incredible Hulk is rising up inside of you. Forgetting where your phone is. I mean, and these, are, these are some of the little stress tests that happen in our world, aren't they? And maybe all of those things, you know, have happened to you. Maybe they haven't, but you know, when these types of little things happen, they're like these, these little stress tests that start to reveal what's really going on beneath the surface. And those are some of the smaller ones. There tends to be bigger ones as well. Things like losing a job, you know, and, and you walk into work one day and you go and sit down at your desk and, and the email pops up and you walk into your boss's office and you have a meeting that literally changes the trajectory of your life. That's a major stress test. Enduring a breakup or a divorce. You know, you're, you're in a relationship and you feel like it's, it's moving in a certain direction and, and both of you are committed and you feel like it's going, you know, right down the same path and then, and then all of a sudden it just, it, somehow it blows up. You're not even sure how it blew up and, it, and then you're in the midst of this intense stress test. Or, or maybe it's immense pressure on your job. And you, and you feel this, this anxiety that you have to perform at a certain level and it just keeps rising and rising and rising and your job just keeps stealing the life out of you. Maybe it's financial stress. But when these types of stress tests come, they reveal what's going on beneath the surface of our life. They reveal where we truly place our hope. They reveal our true countenance and oftentimes our true character. And deep down inside, what they reveal is whether we are at peace or not. Whether peace is truly a part of our lives. And this is, this is what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at this, this picture of the Prince of Peace that has entered into our world and that actually longs to bring us peace. And I'm not sure, like, when you hear the Prince of Peace or when you even hear the word peace, what, what comes into your mind. For me, when I think of peace, I, one of the first words that I think of is the word steady. It's just this, this steadiness 
uh, you know, like just, a, I don't know, just a willing to endure whatever and just a steady calm. For me, the picture that sort of comes into my mind when I think of peace is I picture the ocean on a calm day and just the beauty of waves coming back and forth and back and forth, and it's just this rhythmic, beautiful dance, and it's just it's so peaceful to look at. Sort of the person that I picture when I hear the word peace is I think of Mother Teresa. And there was just a, an aura and a, and a glow and a beauty about this woman that, that caused people to be at peace when they were around her. For me, you know, when I, when I think of the word peace, oftentimes the first song that comes to my mind is, is an old eagle song. I got a peaceful, easy feeling, and you won't let me down. And clearly, you're not going to sing with me now. Um, I thought Don Henley brought people together. I guess not. Um, but I mean, that's the song that I think of, you know, and I, it's just like this peaceful little song, this little ditty, and, and you know, and these, these are the things that come to my mind when, when I think of peace. But if I'm honest, when my life is met with a stress test, whether it's big or whether it's small, I do not always respond with a steady, calm like an ocean on a clear day, looking just like Mother Teresa singing a Don Henley kind of song. That's, that's not how I respond to the stress tests that come into my life. In fact, this past week, um, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because Jared had asked me to teach on peace, but I literally felt like I was in a gauntlet of stress tests this week. And, you know, the dummy in the car commercials that I talked about earlier, yeah, that dummy looked more graceful than I did this past week. Um, Every single stress test that came into my life, I just felt like um, I couldn't respond with peace. I kept responding with more and more anxiety. And it really came to sort of a culmination for me on Friday morning. See, our kids, they had their Christmas program at school, and then they had a party afterwards. And, and the kindergartners, they were going to sing a few songs, and, and then the principal was going to read a story, and uh, all the kids were going to get up and sing, like, one rousing rendition of We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And, and then they were going to all go back to their classrooms and have their little parties. And uh, it was maybe like a 25-minute total experience. And I'm firmly a believer that these experiences are way more for the parents and their cameras than they are for actually the children, you know, to actually go through this. And, you know, because my kids, what they were most excited about was the fact that there was going to be candy at the parties. And um, on Fridays, Jarrett has his small group. And, um, and so uh, on Friday mornings, I always get the kids ready for school. And so that morning, you know, he said, you know, I'll just meet you over at the school for the kids' program. And on Thursday night, the night before, uh, we had gone out with some friends, and um, I didn't get home too late, but I went to bed uh, a little bit later than normal. And the next morning, um, I overslept my alarm. And I began my day in a posture of stress. I don't know if you've ever had these days, but literally the first thing that I felt when my eyes, like, came to was stress. It was the first thing that happened to me. I I felt stress all throughout my body. 
And I instantly, I started, you know, like racing around the house and, and I was getting my kids dressed and, and Gigi didn't like her outfit and so then she proceeded to have to pick a new one, you know, and so that was stressful that she didn't like her outfit and, and then they each wanted something different for breakfast that morning, you know, and I tried to get into my like convincing mom tone, like, no, it'd be awesome, let's both have waffles, you know, and, and they were not having it, you know, like one wanted waffles, one wanted cereal and so, you know, that added more time to everything. And then I realized that our dog um, had eaten the teacher's presents. I had made these like little um, like cups with candy inside of them and like a little um, gift card for them to go have some coffee. And the dog had eaten the candy inside of the cup. And so I realized, oh my gosh, I'm going to see all the teachers. Now I have to redo the teacher's gifts, you know, and we're already running late. And so I was trying not to be anxious in my tone. And I was trying to like, you know, get the kids out to the car. And, and finally we get out to the car and, and my son who is like, you know, he's the honest, articulate, observant, firstborn son, you know, he whispers over to Gigi, I don't think mommy's having a very good day. (laughs) And so in the moment, I was like, oh my gosh, the kids are feeling my stress, you know? And so I apologized, and I was like, guys, you know, mommies even have bad days. I'm sorry, you know? And and I, I, I tried to pull it together, but I didn't really... And the whole way down division, we fought traffic, and I think we got behind every single CTA bus that was in the city of Chicago that morning. And we finally pulled into the parking lot. I raced up to the elevator, you know, ran the kids uh, into the room. And, of course, the kindergartners were already on stage. And they were in their third song. And, of course, it was Silent Night. And, of course, they were singing at the part where it's like, and he sleeps in heavenly peace, you know. And I'm like, I do not feel heavenly peace. And, and so, you know, Elijah's amazing, wonderful kindergarten teacher, you know, she she's so amazing, and she just sort of grabs Elijah and is like, welcome, so glad you're here, you know, and she has no idea what's going on, you know, in our family, and, you know, rushes Elijah up onto the stage, and he gets up there and sings the last little part of it, and I literally felt like every single parent in the room, they were all looking at their children taking pictures, and then I felt like what happened was everyone was like, let's look at her. This is a woman under stress, you know, and I I just felt like every single parent in the room, like their eyes just came right on me. I felt like everyone was judging me. And I, I literally, the entire time, I just, I just bolstered up all of the strength in, in, inside of me. And I was like, just don't cry, just don't cry, just don't cry. It's okay, it's okay. Maybe this has happened to another parent at some point in history. Maybe, you know, and, and I, just, I, I just kept trying to pull myself together and I felt terrible. And my soul was racing and my spirit was anxious. I started literally running down a path of, of feeling like I was just the worst mom in the world. I, I just started feeling like I'm just this unbelievable failure. I can't, I can't keep it together. In fact, in those moments, I, I started to even sense the spirit trying to whisper to me, trying to say, like, Jeannie, it's okay, I'm, I'm here, I'm with you. And it was literally like I just sort of put up a hand to God in a moment. I, I, I don't, I can't, I, I, I am just a failure. I, I can't even receive this kind of peace right now. And an hour later, uh, I had signed up to volunteer for the party. And so I was in Elijah's classroom, and um, I was put on the station where kids were supposed to pin 
the star on the Christmas tree, which is the Christmas version of Pin the Tail on the Donkey. And so I'm at the tree, and, you know, I'm blindfolding kids, and they're coming up and putting the, you know, the star up on the tree. And um, one of the moms walks up to me, and she says, I know this may sound totally crazy, Jeannie, but I am so glad you were late today. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she really just said that to me. Like, she, she really, oh, my gosh, for the last hour, all the moms have been talking. Like, they've all been, like, huddling together, figuring out how they're going to have an intervention on me. Like, I, and I, I mean, like, literally, fear was coming over me. I can't believe she said that. They've been praying about how they're going to point out all my mommy flaws. There's going to be, like, an altar call at the end of this. Like, I literally, I, I just, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. This is that moment that people, like, know is going to happen in their world. And, and I'm living it. And, and, you know, and I just, I just felt like she was about to say, like, if you don't pull it together, your kids are on a slippery slope, and they are going down <laughs> fast. You know, and they're six and three, and I mean, but like, I, I was really thinking, they're done for if I don't pull it together. And she went on to say, you know, Jeannie, when you came walking in, my husband and I, we just looked at each other and we smiled. You know why? Because we were so glad that we were not the only ones. We were so glad that we are not the only ones that are late to things. And she didn't shame me at all. In fact, She brought peace into my stress in that moment. She extended just some joy and some laughter to me. She reminded me that I'm not a failure. She reminded me that I'm not a bad mom. In fact, she even said to me, and she joked about this later, she's like, you know, my daughter is in love with your son, and I feel really, really good about the fact that if this thing keeps progressing over the next 30 years... We're both going to be late in their life. And, uh, you know, it was, just, it was just a really awesome moment. And later that afternoon, um, I was supposed to meet up with a friend, and it didn't work out, and, and it was so good. Because what I wanted to do, and maybe you're like this when you hit stress or when you hit anxiety, you want to go to somebody, and you want them to make you feel better about yourself. And all I wanted was for her to, like, sit and say, oh, it's okay, this happens to the best of us. You know, if I was in that situation, I probably would have responded the exact same way. And what I needed was to be in the presence of Jesus. What I needed was his peace to invade my anxiety. Because deep within myself, I long for a disproportionate amount of peace to be within me at all times. I long to live my days with a peace that passes understanding, that rises up in life when I am faced with a storm. I long for for fullness and contentedness that can only come from Jesus. I long for there to be a patience and a hope that is so at work in my life that when I'm faced with a storm, that I can respond with that kind of shalom that can only come from God. And that kind of peace can only come from the actual Prince of Peace, from Jesus himself. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this passage in Isaiah. We've been looking at Isaiah 9, where where the prophet Isaiah, he prophesies 
He prophesies about who Jesus is, what his character is. And he says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. You see, Isaiah describes Jesus as this prince of peace. As I just referred to it, in the Hebrew, it's referred to as shalom, which literally can be translated as completeness, wholeness, tranquility, fullness, rest, and harmony. Jesus is the long-awaited shalom. He is the long-awaited peace. And this passage says that the government that he establishes that it will have no end. And that peace will be how he rules. See, Jesus, literally, his mission is one of peace. In fact, there are over a hundred times in the New Testament Gospels where Jesus teaches about or refers to his mission of peace. And you think about our world, you think about everything that is going on in our world and all of the improvements, you think about everything that has happened from the time when when Isaiah said that we would have a prince of peace. You think about the improvements in technology, the complex systems that have been created in science, the, the understanding that we now have of the solar system the advances in medicine. I mean, there's so much momentum. There's so much movement. And yet our world still has such a hard time finding peace. And I don't just mean in in the context of, of war or division between political systems and governments, which is also an indicator. But what I mean is that humanity does not live at peace. People are not at peace, are they? And it's not that there's an absence of peace. In fact, that's the exact opposite. There's more than enough peace available to us. It's that we're reluctant to choose peace, aren't we? We're reluctant to choose peace. In fact, the anxiety and stress and medical issues that develop because of our lack of peace, we have never had more medical issues related to anxiety in our time than we do now. And what's so beautiful and and brilliant is that Jesus is referred to before he is ever even born, before he ever even enters the world, he is referred to as the Prince of Peace. And if the Prince of Peace has come, and if we are in Christ Jesus, then I think we have to ask ourselves this question, why aren't we experiencing this kind of peace? Why are we riddled with so much anxiety? Why do so many of us who are followers of Jesus live with so much stress and worry? I mean, we have the Prince of Peace among us. In fact, Jesus, in one of his very last conversations with his disciples, he very honestly prepares them for what is ahead in their life. In fact, if you want to turn to this in your in your Bible in front of you, it's, uh, it's found in the book of John. It's found on page 996. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. 
But Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But in this world you'll have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And there's a couple of phrases that are really key and really important in this verse. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me. In me is a, is a preposition, okay? And within that in me, in fact, you could almost circle it in your Bible. It's one of the most important prepositions in the Bible. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you've been redeemed by God, you have experienced being saved, given a new life, then you are in Christ. And Christ is in you. What that means is that you have complete access to full harmony with God. To be in me, when Jesus says, you are in me, it means that we literally have access to the removal of fear. We have access to it. We have access to complete satisfaction in him, contentment in him, peace that passes understanding in him. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, goes on in this passage, and he is very clear. In him we have what? That's not a trick question. In him we have peace, right. But he goes on to say, in this world you will have what? Trouble. You see, Jesus says, in me, in me, in a relationship in me, when I am in you and you are in me, you will have peace. But when you only live in the world, you will have trouble. And Jesus then gives this sort of linchpin of hope at the end of this verse, this linchpin of peace, and he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome. I have won. I am the past, the present, and the future. I have made a way for you to live in this world and still have peace. And so essentially, Jesus is saying, yes, there will be trouble. In fact, if you want to write anything down from today and you want to take away anything from today, you can write down, trouble is coming. In fact, you can put it on your to-do list, okay? It is going to happen. You can just sort of wait for it to happen. I encourage you to not go looking for it. That is troublesome. But it is coming. And when you are in Christ, even in the midst of trouble, we can experience peace. Even in the midst of trouble, we can experience peace. And this is what is so important. What Jesus is saying here is not to be not of or in the world. The point isn't to avoid trouble. The reality is that you and I, we live in this world. We are citizens in this world. We will have trouble. But if you are in Jesus, even in the trouble and in this world, you can have peace. And what a beautiful gift that we can actually bring to the world. Not only as we live in this world can we experience peace in the midst of our trouble, we can also be extenders 
of peace in this world. And I certainly in no way, shape, or form want to water down or simplify or give packaged spiritual answers to us today. Because life is very, very difficult, isn't it? In fact, Jesus himself, he says, you will have trouble. But I want to be clear. And I don't just want to be clear. I want to be firm in the question I'm about to ask you. Are you living in him? Really? Are you living in him? Or do you have so many stamps in your spiritual passport book from going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? You just travel back and forth to being in him to in the world, in him to in the world, in him to in the world. And your spiritual passport book is just stamped back and forth, back and forth. Honestly, for me, on Friday morning, in the middle of my kids' you know, Christmas program, I was not choosing to live in him. And there is a direct connection to the size of our anxiety, to the size of our peace. There is a direct connection, there is a direct relationship to the size of our anxiety, to the size of our peace. As your anxiety increases, if you do not choose to invite peace into your life, your peace will decrease. But if your peace increases in your life, if you choose peace into your life, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of anxiety, the stress will start to decrease. There is a direct connection to the size of our anxiety, to the size of our peace. We have a friend who lives here in the city, and um, earlier this year, her and her boyfriend got engaged, and uh, she was so excited. Uh, I remember she came over and wanted to show me the ring and, um, you know, tell me the, the whole story and everything. And while we were talking, she said, you know, I, I was wondering if you and Jarrett would, would maybe do some premarital counseling for us. And um, I said, well, I don't think we can right now, but we would be happy to do, like, some mentoring um, and maybe have a couple of mentoring meetings. And she said, that'd be awesome. We would just love to, you know, sit and talk and, you know, try and start our marriage in, in the right place. Um, and so we, we met together one time, and uh, honestly, in our first meeting, um, it was the first time that I was meeting her fiancé, um, I thought in that meeting that maybe he was filled with a lot of nerves, that maybe he was just really nervous talking, but I had this sense like, I'm not sure if, if they fit. I'm not sure if this is a, a right match, and I'm no love doctor, and I, I cannot predict like who goes with who, so don't come up to me after the service and say, do you think we work? Um, <laughs> I will not be able to tell you, um, but I just, I just had this sense. Um, I, I wasn't sure. I, I just had this discernment, I guess, is, is what I would say. And um, we gave him some homework and um, said, you know, give us a call when you, when you want to get together again. Well, we never heard from them. Um, and uh, they didn't pursue setting up another time to meet. Months went on, and I saw her a couple of times and, and asked how they were doing and asked some intentional questions. And, and then a couple months later, 
um, some, some time went on, and we received a note in the mail that they had decided to call off their engagement. And we exchanged some, some text messages um, when I received um, her note in the mail. And uh, I saw her this past week. And, you know, I just said, I, I would love to hear, like, wh- what, what's been going on in your life? What's been going on in your heart? And, and tell, you know, tell me what, what God was doing. Um, and she just said, Jeannie, um, I just, I kept trying to make it work. I kept trying to, like, will myself into this relationship. And honestly, I, I kept thinking to myself, like, if I walk away from this, um, what, what if somebody else doesn't enter into my life? Like, if, if, I, if I walk away now, what if, what if that's it? What if this was my chance? And she said, every time I kept trying to, to make it work, I wasn't feeling peace. And she said, you know, I, I just, I got to this point where I, I sensed God say to me, in obedience, you need to walk away from this relationship. She said, it was the hardest thing that I've ever done. She said, when I did, though, there was this peace that just came over me. I can't explain it. I can't give words to it. I don't know how to describe it. But when, when I ended this relationship, I experienced the peace of Christ like I have never experienced before in my life. She's like, and I was set free. You see, the amazing thing to me is she chose peace even in the middle of trouble, didn't she? It wasn't like this was going to be like the the best conversation of her life, right? This was going to be very painful, very difficult. I mean, she gave up on a dream and and chose peace instead. And even in our pain and our trouble and our difficulty and questions, even in our disappointments, even in some of the division that can happen in relationships, even in fear, we can choose peace because of the Prince of Peace. And there is a direct connection, as I said before, to the size of our anxiety and the size of our peace. And when we see and sense the trouble coming, what do you look for? Because in this world, we will have trouble. In this world, we will have trouble. And when you see trouble coming your way, or when trouble is already in your way, Where do you look? Maybe a more important question is who do you look to? And last um, Friday morning, two days ago, um, really honestly speaking, um, I was looking at my anxiety. I was looking at my stress. I was looking at everything that I didn't do right that morning. I was looking at everything that I should have done better so I could, have be, so I could be a better mom, perform better, not be the, you know, the one that was late, pulling the kid up onto the stage, you know, having this terrible moment, thinking, you know, now I'm going to have to spend, like, exponential dollars in college and counseling, you know, because of this experience. 
all I could look to in that moment was my anxiety. And in that moment, I could have invited peace into the equation. And I even sensed Jesus multiple times, multiple times in that morning, just lovingly whispering to me, I'm here. I love you. It's okay. This happens to lots of moms. Just don't talk about it. Are you inviting Jesus into your, into your anxiety? Do you need some peace today? Do you need that shalom? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy and burdened, and I will give you rest. And the band's going to come up, and we're going to spend a few moments worshiping this Prince of Peace and calling out to this Prince of Peace, asking this Prince of Peace to invade our anxiety, inviting this Prince of Peace to allow our anxiety to go down so that our peace can increase. And here is the amazing thing about our Prince of Peace. That when we are in him, when we are in him, we experience all of the fullness of him as our Prince of Peace. You see, in him, you can sleep without waking up thinking about that thing that you constantly wake up thinking about. In him, you can have eye contact with other people, knowing that deep down inside, you have a clear conscience. That's what comes when you have the peace of Christ in your life. In him, you can step into stressful situations and change the tone of the room because of the peace that lives within you. In him, you can face pain from your past, and literally that pain can have redemptive purposes in your future. In him, you can look at your resources in your bank account, knowing that it all belongs to God, whether there is plenty or whether there is little. In him, you can be healed. You can truly be healed. In him, you can be free from addiction. In him, you can be free from anxiety. In him, you can have a broken relationship, experience restoration. In him, you can be fulfilled. In him, you can love someone that has hurt you so deeply. In him, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. In him, you can oversleep your alarm, have everything go wrong in your morning. You can get your kids late to the Christmas program, and you can still experience peace if you invite it into your life. All of those things can happen in him. Because even in our troubles, we can experience peace. And there's an ornament on your seat and over the last couple weeks you can see we've been filling up these trees with prayers 
filling up these trees with our, with our pleas to Jesus, our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. And today we want to send pleas and prayers to Jesus, our Prince of Peace. And on your red ornament, I invite you to just write an area where you want to invite Jesus to be your Prince of Peace, where you long to experience his peace, choose his peace. And in a few moments, we're gonna spend some time worshiping. And I invite you to just come and to place those on the trees and to choose peace today. Philippians 4 says, don't fret or worry, but instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Because before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And Father, that is our desire. Our desire is that our lives would be filled with an overflowing peace. A peace that can't even be described. A peace that so clearly comes from you that even when we are faced with trouble, we still choose you. Father, I pray for my friends in this room right now. Father, I just sense that there are some in this room that are overcome with trouble. They're overcome with stress and anxiety, fear, questions, doubts. Lord Jesus, I ask more than anything right now, I ask more than anything that you would come in this space and you would minister as the Prince of Peace here. you would soothe hearts, that you would calm minds, that you would invade trouble, that you would give us your peace. And we place these stars on these trees as an act of worship, inviting you into our life, choosing you as our Prince of Peace now. I pray this in your name.